Yeah. Um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers, and especially gratitude to our Father in Heaven, who takes care of us on a day-to-day -day basis and provides us everything that we need. Um, and thank you, Greg. Your uh, worship songs were kind of a segue and as to what we're going to be talking about today, so that was a great job. Um, <clears throat> uh, my name's Robert, as precluded. Um, I am the work therapy coordinator and facility supervisor for the Alberta Men's Centre. Um, myself and Trent, we look forward to this special morning uh, that we have planned together because one of the great things we get to do today is celebrate changed lives. At Teen Challenge Canada, we understand as Christians, there is a world around us to make a difference in. <clears throat> Jesus came to seek the lost and bind the brokenhearted. He calls us to do the same. And we know there is a great need for this ministry and that we are called to serve. It is our desire to help as many as possible to find freedom in sobriety and ultimately freedom in Christ. Today we want to talk about addiction and the need for addiction recovery locally and across the country. Um, we will hear stories from individuals who made the brave choice to face their past and do the hard work of recovery. We know it's vitally important that we are available to all who need help. So how is substance abuse and addiction affecting Canadians? Let's look at a few staggering statistics. The Canadian Mental Health Association reports that nearly 6 million Canadians will meet the criteria for addiction in their lifetime. The cost of addiction affects every Canadian. The cost of substance abuse in our country in 2017 was reported to be $45 billion. Addiction touches the lives of most people, either directly or indirectly. Maybe you are wondering what happens in someone's life that leads them down to a path of addiction. Well, this statistics helps guide us toward that answer. People who experience six or more serious childhood experiences are 4,600% more likely to abuse substances. <clears throat> the reality is that sometimes those Childhood experiences can be points of trauma. They affect individuals into adulthood. Anxiety, stress, and fear all become the foundation for unhealthy coping and numbing pain through drugs and alcohol. And addiction does not discriminate. It affects men and women of all ages and from all walks of life. But Teen Challenge is here to serve those who are struggling. Perhaps some of you are already familiar with our ministry and the work we do. For those who may not know about us, Teen Challenge it offers a 12-month faith-based in-residence drug and alcohol recovery treatment program for men and women 18 years and older. We offer help and hope to those ready to make the commitment to a new and sober life. Our mission is to help Men and women overcome addiction and lead full and productive lives. I often say if our mission was as simple as just to help men and women overcome addiction, we'd be doing great work. But what is unique is that our mission continues on to say to lead full and productive lives. 
When this change happens, the burden and cost of addiction to society is reduced. Our program graduates are contributing members of their community and, and they have families and jobs and they give back and volunteer. Many times they become beacons of hope for others who are struggling. And as our graduate, graduates know, our program works. When men and women enter our program, they stabilize as they detoxify their minds, bodies, and spirits. Our accredited addictions counselors work with each client to create an individual treatment plan to work through their emotions and trauma. Throughout the year of the program, our clients learn about themselves and the Word of God. They learn healthy routines and practical life skills that will transfer to successful sober living after they complete our program. But our program doesn't end there. We provide aftercare resources, critical support after graduation, and for those who wish to further deepen their recovery, there are opportunities for graduates to spend an additional 6 to 24 months working alongside staff in our centres. That is up to three years with Teen Challenge investing in an individual's recovery. So what else is, is it about Teen Challenge that makes us unique? Many addiction treatment programs fall into one of three categories. Immediate life-saving <clears throat> measures, harm reduction, and 12-step residential or outpatient programs. At Teen Challenge, our intensive 12-month program focuses on getting to the root of the root cause of an individual's reason for using substances. For, us, for those, there are two, for, for us, there are two main distinctives. The first, we are Christian. We believe that one cannot have a full and productive life without a per personal relationship with Jesus. Our second distinctive is our incredible, highly trained staff. Our compassionate staff help those in our program overcome obstacles and celebrate their individual successes and support them as they are restored to their families and communities. In fact, one of our favorite statistics at Teen Challenge Canada is that 25% of our staff are graduates from our program. Our graduates are a living legacy that demonstrate the power of Christ and transform those in addiction. For more about the Teen Challenge difference, I encourage you to go to our website at www.teenchallenge.ca. We are pleased to offer our program at nine centres in three regions across Canada. Today we visit you from the Alberta Men's Centre in Prittis, Alberta. And in a few moments, you'll have the privilege of hearing testimonies from men and women who are currently in our program. Um, and at this time, I'll call on our techies, and they will give you a glimpse into our new facility, which we just moved into in December, and it is an absolute blessing. There is sound with that, by the way, too.
deep cold mercy Staring at my past Lying there With my soul shattered And empty pockets Living on false idols In somebody's One of my favorite pictures is the one at the very end with the uh, rainbow. Um, you know, coming from the old center, um, it's faded and with the brighter part of the rainbow over the new center. So, yeah. Ah.
So I firmly believe that it's never an accident that we are here to discuss Teen Challenge. We want to be a resource for all and are here for you and your loved ones. It's likely you know someone who would benefit from our program. We never know who, who God has planned to cross your path. Um, but today we will help equip you with someone, if, equip you that when someone in need does, you can help them by sharing about our ministry and plant the seed of hope. To keep help today, to help get help today, you can call our toll-free number or visit us at www.teenchallenge.ca. Our program is hard. Um, the Teen, Ch Teen Challenge Canada knows that recovery is a lifelong process. The road to sobriety begins with a series of daily choices. Yes, our program is intensive and hard. This is strategic. We are equipping those in our care with the tools to live a life of sobriety. There are several phases at Teen Challenge, at the Teen Challenge program. Phase one is where the clients stabilize, detoxify their minds, body, and spirit. This phase is often the most challenging trans transition for a client. Many will choose to leave within the first four months. Phase two is where individuals in our program learn more about themselves and the Word of God. They, they learn healthy routines and habits to create a foundation for a new and sober life. Phase three is the final four months of our core 12-month program. During this time, those in the program create an exit strategy and personal relapse prevention plan for when they reintegrate themselves into the community, employment, and family life. And our postgraduate programs, Phase 4 and Phase 5, allow graduates <clears throat> the opportunity to work alongside staff and those in our core program. They also continue to be in a mentoring relationship with a counselor and staff members. At this time, I'm going to call on Trent, Trent sorry, to come and share about their time and experience in Teen Challenge. Come on up, Trent. Thank you, Robert. As mentioned, my name is Trent, and I was uh, born on August 4th, 1970, in the thriving metropolis of Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Um, I'm the uh, oldest of two boys, and uh, my uh, brother and sister-in-law have uh, beautiful, given me a beautiful niece and nephew. My niece is currently in university stud uh, studying forensic medicine, and my nephew is uh, currently in employment and uh, taking university classes at night, deciding what to do with his life at uh, the tender age of 21. Uh, my childhood was, I would say, awesome. Um, my parents raised us in the correct, what I consider to be the correct way. Uh, they encouraged us first and foremost to do well in school. And secondly, to stay healthy through the pursuit of both uh, mind and body, of uh, sports, artistic endeavors, whatever the case may be. I participated in hockey, golf, uh, curling to a degree, uh, drawing, painting, um, Music, I actually play the cello for the city of Yorkton um, uh, provincial band. And uh, any aspect of um, whatever pursuit we wanted to endeavor, we, they encouraged us to do so. 
the my parents were both they're still with us thank thank God, to this day, and they're still together, happily married after 53 years of marriage. And uh, they both had full-time careers. My mother was a registered nurse, uh, now retired, of course. And uh, my dad was a traveling repairman slash salesman for the farming implement industry. And we were not uh, lavish in financial gain whatsoever, but they always ensured that we had a very nice house, uh, good food on the table and uh, a very nice yard to play in. And um, we were not abused in any way. Uh, a lot of people who have gone through addiction, that's kind of been the source. That was not my case at all. Um, punishment, in my humble opinion, was done the correct way. If we were um, quote unquote bad, well, we were yelled at. And uh, there are, as we all know, uh, there's different levels of bad. So it could become a point where we were that bad that we <clears throat> deserve a spanking and or being grounded. And um, if we didn't want what was on the table at supper time, we were sternly sent to our rooms um, and until we changed our mind. And then somehow, by the grace of God, uh, or otherwise, after 20 minutes of hunger and isolation, liver and onions tasted like the best filet mignon ever. Uh, my teenage years were filled with family, friends, sports. Uh, I experimented with alcohol for the first time at about age 16 or 17, um, but no, I rationaled it at the time as normal social behavior. Uh, I was too involved with hockey at the time, and then later on uh, working out, which progressed into bodybuilding, and uh, to a great degree. And alcohol was it wasn't even a minor issue at that point. Um, I could take it or leave it, preferably leave it, because I was too concerned about my overall health. Uh, drugs were a basically taboo. In Yorkton, Saskatchewan, if you were growing up in the late 70s, early 80s there, my parents distinguished the good kids from the bad kids by whether or not they smoked cigarettes. How times have changed. Uh, so drugs weren't available, uh, nor did I hang around with a crowd that had an inkling of even doing them. Uh, my life progressed in a very different way after graduating high school than the, <clears throat> my concern. Uh, the most of my family, a lot of my family, my cousins, my brother got married before the age of 25, started families. I pursued more education. And then after education, I uh, got a job in uh, a company related to the oil and gas industry. And I was there for 22 plus years. So that job enabled me to travel most of the world. Uh, travel right from coast to coast across Canada. Of course, meet a lot of people. And um, as I was heavily involved in sales, of course, that meant a lot of, well, we called it networking, uh, but let's cut to the chase. That involved a lot of drinking and socializing. Uh, and don't get me wrong, at that, uh, at that time, I considered my life to be perfect. Um, there was, uh, I, was, I wasn't worried, of, well, I was worried about money, but not to any great degree. I by no means was rich, but I did have, uh, have a house under a mortgage. I had a nice vehicle, I had plenty of friends, and um, plenty of social life, which fit perfectly within my lifestyle. 
And um, I still worked out. I still had plenty of hobbies. I still had plenty of girlfriends. I, uh, it, it was the life I imagined and always wanted, or so I thought, <clears throat> because there was no foundation really built there. And as my job was my identity, uh, when that all changed, um, I fell. Um, what happened was initially uh, change in governmental leadership ended up with we all know what's happened to Alberta. And even though I didn't lose my job, um, I saw many in the, in the industry that did. And because of the nature of my job and my personality, whenever I saw my customers and knew that they were losing their jobs, they had to, I felt for them, genuinely felt for them. The line between customer and friend became very blurred for me, which in some respects is a good thing, but it can be a double-edged sword. Knowing that they had families, children to take care of, etc., I took that stress on myself. And of course, we all, so some of us know with layoffs, you're, if you're stuck behind, you're doing more with less people. And when I was working more and more into the evenings without any fiscal gain per se, uh, then my, not only was my job, was, were people being laid off around me, including my boss, who, um, which had me pushed into a managerial position, which I always wanted, but not in that short of a time frame. There was supposedly going to be a training process involved. That training process was two months, and I wasn't ready for that. In addition to, there was one level between myself and ownership, so a lot of the focus as a long-term employee and my job entailing what was going on, mostly in northern Alberta, Fort McMurray, new plants, new facilities, pipelines, etc. Well, that all came to a standstill, and ownership was looking down at me, you know, looking at the fiscal numbers, wondering, well, they weren't really wondering, they knew what was going on, but you're encouraged, okay, this is what it is, do better. And I wasn't so good at change. All I figured was, okay, I'll just work harder. And what happened was I ended up going home after the office or after meetings and working well into the nights, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And the stress became unbearable. The anxiety mounted in me. I always drank too much, but it was all due to social activity. And because I enjoyed it, it wasn't really, so I thought, affecting me at the time. But... One thing about addiction is when that devil grabs you by the toe, you don't know. It's You think that everything's going to get better, everyone goes through tough times, etc., but you got something nipping at you. Then all of a sudden, he's got your foot and then your leg, and next thing you know, you're being pulled potentially, and I mean this literally, six feet under. Uh, or, heaven forbid. And I was, there were plenty of times with the anxiety mounting, I would be in the shower on all fours getting sick, not due to alcohol, but due to anxiety. And with, eventually, after working from home at times and working at night, I figured one time I came downstairs, I remember in the morning, I saw half of a three-quarters of whatever it was of a bottle of red wine on the table. And I thought, hmm, I can work from home. I don't have to drive. Drank the bottle of red wine within 15 minutes. And from then on, the rest of the morning, I was productive. I wasn't crippled by the anxiety, and I thought, ah, here's the magical elixir. And what that led to, of course, now my evenings, and every, well, I would drink continuing into the evenings, and it would make me productive to a point. 
Uh, and by then, the devil had grabbed a hold of not only my big toe, but my foot. And I didn't realize it. And I was stressing trying to find sales outside of my actual physical region. And I kept telling myself, it's just a phase. Things will pick up. And then uh, I, in my personal life, I had met a girl and we were proposed to be married, no pun intended, proposed to be married. And we were actually going to pick out wedding rings and the relationship ended abruptly due to no fault of my own at that time. I found out afterwards what the issue was, but it was long distance and it made things a little more difficult, but it made my personal life very, very settled. Everyone around me was happy. The trend's finally settling down. And when that uh, went by the wayside, that combined with the anxiety and stress of my work uh, and other added stress that I just couldn't control, um, but I tried to, to thus the nature of my personality, um, I, uh, I was started cracking. Uh, the drinking escalated. Um, I was not only drinking to relieve the anxiety, I was drinking just because dot, dot, dot. And um, my mental health and physical health obviously went downhill. I stopped working out. I stopped doing my hobbies. I stopped. I loved reading. I stopped reading. I wasn't doing the things that everybody needs to do to keep their mind clear and to enjoy life, period. Um, then my work had noticed that I wasn't myself, and that made, if anyone here has suffered anxiety to any degree, when people start noticing and you can't cover it up anymore, then you start to get more anxious. So I, uh, doctors prescribe numerous different pills because they don't know. It's not like a broken leg. Take some painkiller, put a cast on it, it's going to be better. There's two different pills, three different pills. This didn't work, that didn't work. And in the meantime, you're almost like a, uh, a psychological experiment until they find something that clicks. So at times I was walking around in the fog and... The mental issues and the, and the drinking certainly um, that led to my drinking excessively or more excessively came to fruition. And then uh, I did meet another nice girl, but uh, due to my issues, that didn't work out. Then the real kicker hit me, and here comes the hard part. Uh, admits the alcoholism and the fog created by prescription uh, medication uh, antidepressants in particular. Uh, one Saturday morning, a friend of mine had called up and asked me where, if I had seen his uh, daughter, who was 13 at the time. Her daughter used to, they lived in my near my neighborhood. Her and her friends would drive bikes by, and if I was mowing the lawn, or uh, I'd bring go in, bring them lemonade. And I knew the family very, very well. And uh, he asked me if he's seen her, and I said, no, not this morning as of yet. Um, you know, he said, well, it's weird. Her bike is here. Uh, her, her phone is, uh, here. So I thought, well, okay, um, I'll come over and we can, well, I, we did call When I came over, uh, we initially called the police, but they said, well, a person has to be missing for an extended period of time, whatever that may be before you can file a missing persons report, but it's on record now. And we thought, well, we'll just comb the neighborhood. She's got to be at a friend's place and just walked over so we no word no, nothing and uh when we got back to the house I, I saw something that nobody 
I can't imagine what the parents felt like, but uh, it's something nobody should ever, ever see. And I don't know what made me look into that closet. To this day, it was open about six inches wide, but it was, again, that's the best way I can describe it. Something nobody, something that nobody should ever see. So um, I ended up, uh, I ended up, the drinking escalated once again, just when you think it couldn't escalate any further. Uh, it did. And the nightmares associated with that incident were just absolutely out of hand. And the only way I could mitigate them was by more alcohol knock myself out literally at night so that I didn't remember my nightmares. And that led to, obviously, a worse mental condition. Work decided that I need to, uh, they bought me out. Uh, my position was going to be deemed redundant anyways, but that wasn't the main reason. They said, hey, go clean yourself up. Go help yourself, please. So they gave me a buyout, and... Um, I was, that gave me more time to numb myself, and uh, I ended up, uh, um, I, ended, I ended up with another job, but it was uh, retail, I shouldn't say but, in a denigrating fashion, it was a job I loved. Uh, it was making $17 an hour, but I just loved getting up in the morning and doing it, because uh, it involved one of my hobbies, food and cooking. Um, however, there was, it kind of, everything kind of, whatever goes around, comes around, so they speak, and it does in this fashion too. Again, the devil had a hold of my foot, then it had a hold of my leg, and then both legs, and I was in too deep, and this is an interesting story within my story, and uh, an obvious illustration of how God works. Um, a young a lady that I had dated uh, for f about a year and a half, about 15 years prior to all this, she texted me, we had broken up, um, and get a load of this, I broke up with her because of her alcohol problem, the irony, and um, she had texted me out of the blue saying, Trent, I, uh, I do sincerely apologize for everything I put you through, uh, the reason she came clean at that time was alcohol, and she had a, unfortunately had a sister pass away due to the uh, complications of alcoholism and she herself was not in a good place and I uh, she told me her story her testimony so to speak and this is after uh, this was 15 years ago that I went out with her so about seven years seven and a half years of no contact whatsoever uh, even though we remained friends for a while but I just couldn't even do that but after seven, seven and a half years later, she's texting me, explaining all this. So she said, well, do you want to meet up for a coffee? And I thought, well, there's no harm in that. Um, and I was, well, the, the devil had now my hips deep in and going up towards my heart. And I met her for a coffee, and she told me her, her whole story. And I thought, wow, um, kind of weird how I saw you at your worst, and now you're seeing, seeing me at my worst. And I said, what fine, like, other, aside from my, obviously, the passing of your sister, what was there, how did you help yourself? And here's how God works. She mentioned she was at Teen Challenge. So I got the story about it, and she said something very important to me. Once she told me the whole, uh, how it all works and the ins and outs, and she told me it is a year-long program, be prepared for that. 
<clears throat> and she also said something very important. She said, don't go in there with the mindset of trying it. Do it. And I was at a point in my life now where it's very easy as an addict to say, well, uh, I'm not at that point yet. But what's the, what's the ultimate point of addiction? It's death. There's no sugarcoating it. And I was on that road. That sign might have said death. 50 miles. No, I wasn't there yet, but there was a cliff on one side and a raging river on the other. There wasn't anywhere I was going other than that way. So you can either do a complete U-turn and get off that road and go somewhere else, which was my decision. She said, do it. So I ended up um, with the help of my family and her big time. She drove me to all my doctor appointments, uh, helped me with my reports. Uh, you have to have a police report to have a uh, present to Teen Challenge for a clean record so you don't have any upcoming court dates, etc. She draw, drove me to all these places and helped me 100% in the whole process. And I ended up uh, going all in, cashing in all my chips. There was no other way to go. Um, I ended up selling my house, paying off all my debt, and perhaps most hard uh, of the whole process was giving away my beloved cat named Elvis. But I did give him to a good family, and uh, I'm sure he's doing well. And uh, so that's how, how the reason I bring up that story, not only to tell you how I got to Teen Challenge, but to tell you how God does work. It's just there's no other explanation that someone from my past life that I wanted no part of at one time cures herself or uh, starts to deal with it herself and then gives me, guides me the direction that she took. So um, one, uh, I'll be the first to admit, I'm the, still in the learning process of the Holy Gospel. I've come a long ways, though. And, uh, but I'm willing and committed as I stand before you. Uh, I'm working through numerous questions I have to the, um, why Jesus, in particular, this was a bone of contention, why he would let a beautiful young lady take take her life um however jesus holds the answer to not only that question but a lot of other a lot of other uh questions that i do have and gifts that i am now not that enable me to not be scared of the future anymore i am very confident perhaps i got to be careful not to be too confident but i have to keep in mind all of the hard work i did and where i came from is not going that it's going to result in the gifts that jesus provides and I've regained my health. Uh, I was down, I've gained about 35 pounds, good pounds. I used, I came into Teen Challenge back in December. I'm in the seventh month. Back in December, and I only weighed about 180 pounds, and now I'm 215. And I don't have the uh, donut gut yet. And if once it comes down to that, then i got to reverse my thinking. <laughs> but um, my uh, physical health, my mental health is, is back to an extent I never even imagined. Everyone who is an addict, claims that it gives you more creativity. Uh, more, uh, it didn't. It killed my creativity. Now I'm back reading uh, uh, to a big extent. I work in the kitchen at Teen Challenge, uh, being the chef's assistant. It is like an opportunity that's been set before me that I just can't describe, and I love it. The passion that I had uh, 10 years ago is back. 100%. And everything from a beautiful mountain day to a beautiful lake to an animal that just happens to be grazing in the yard is just like, wow, 
a gift. And I do not take it for granted anymore. And I've got to, I've got Jesus and God to thank for that. And my friend, and uh, then to the staff at Teen Challenge is incredible. Because a lot of them have been there, done that. And they understand. And I have so much to live for, to look forward to. Um, I'm, I, uh, well, I'm looking at a few avenues after Teen Challenge. One of them was going to be education, but I think what I'm going to do is work, get to find a job within the kitchen food industry, preferably management sales, something as far away from oil and gas as possible, something that doesn't depend on the economy for ups and downs. Uh, in addition to educating myself to uh, learn new things. And uh, I am also looking at possibly being a cook in the Air Force. They interviewed me twice, but I, was into, I wasn't in a state of mind before Teen Challenge to go any further with it. And uh, however, no matter what I do, I'm confident of this, that God's looking over me and he'll guide me. I'll make my decisions and just let him lead. And that to me is the biggest thing that I've learned throughout this whole process. So anyways, I encourage each and every one of you today just to go outside, breathe the mountain air and look at the beauty around you. Enjoy it for today. Just shut out the world. And uh, thank you for listening. Amen. Thank you, Trent. Um, yeah, um, as I was saying before, we've got uh, different phases. Um, Trent would be, I think, coming up on his third phase. Um, my position is actually a phase five position. Um, <clears throat> uh, it doesn't. It wouldn't. Wouldn't end there. Um, my next step would become to become a full-time employee. Um, but you get the, the unique opportunity of listening to the testimony of a, of a graduate. Um, I was born and grew up in uh, Calgary. I was the youngest of four boys and the only one born in Canada. I was baptized at a very early age at the Danish Lutheran Church in Calgary and grew up very much involved uh, in the church at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Calgary. I was confirmed there and about a week after my confirmation, uh, my father had passed away. Fortunately, the church was there for me and stood behind me. I remained with the youth group for quite a few years until, until a pair of overzealous youth leaders chased me down and told me they thought it better that I did not return all over a difference of opinion on musical tastes. Thus begun my secular life. I ended up getting married and subsequently getting a divorce within 10 years. During this time, alcohol was not, even, not ever a big issue. It was not till the latter part of my life that alcohol became an issue. Through a long-term relationship, all the social interactions, both relational and otherwise, revolved around drinking, which then became a daily habit. I then began making my own liquor, both wine and distilling my own hard spirits, and drinking it as fast, faster than I could make it. I became a fun functioning alcoholic. Once again, my life changed when my long-term relationship ended. 
and I had moved in with my mother in order to help her and take care of things around the house. I then found myself isolating more and more, trying to fill the hole that loneliness left with alcohol. During this time, I still found something was missing in my life, so I returned back to Emmanuel and was welcomed back with, to the church family with open arms and felt as if I had never left. I soon found out that even if I surrounded myself with people, I could still be very alone. So I went back to the old standby, alcohol, which landed me in the hospital in the ICU, knocking on death's door. But God had other plans. When the doctor phoned a church sister um, to tell her that I would not make it through the night, she gathered up two other prayer warrior sisters and spent a good part of the night praying over me and anointing me with oil. Amazing, the doctors, I pulled through. But during this exact time, I had discovered that my mother had passed away, and after I awoke, I could not help but be drawn to the Bible, um, specifically John fifteen thirteen. No greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for his friends. <clears throat> With this sobering thought, I gave up drinking and spent a number of years clean and sober. But once again, loneliness and isolation took over again. With that, alcoholism took everything away one more time. But this time, <clears throat> thanks to a very caring <clears throat> congregation, I was offered a life-changing opportunity, Teen Challenge. The church had offered me a loan to pay my entrance requirements for the program, including any incidental costs needed for entrance. I graduated the Teen Challenge program on February 5th, 2021. Um, and Easter 2021, I was asked to make sure that I was in attendance for a sunrise service at Emmanuel. Um, at that point, I was handed a congratulatory card, which within was a letter stating, that all debts were forgiven. All praise be to God. <clears throat> uh, after graduation, I spent 10 months as a phase four stu student intern to return what was given to me in the program. January 1st, 2022, God blessed me once more with a one-year contract as a full-time phase five employee as facility supervisor and work therapy coordinator. Through all of this, God was always there, displaying his never-ending mercy and grace, taking control of every situation. And through much prayer and supplication, here I stand, here I stand at the end of one chapter and on to the next. With the never-ending love of God on my side, my initial reason to come into Teen Challenge was to break the chains of an overwhelming addiction, which successfully accomplished and can proudly say that I am free of all substances that kept me back both socially and financially. The program at Teen Challenge far exceeded any expectation of any treatment center that I could imagine, proving that by putting your true faith in God, anything is possible. God has proved himself faithful in all areas of my life, giving me hope and a purpose to carry on. I think this program as it stands is a very good path towards total recovery and healing. You only get out of the program what you put into it. 
Every day I continue to learn from the students and fellow staff the glory of our individuality, allowing everyone to build on each other's strengths and weaknesses. I wholeheartedly suggest this program to anyone who suffers that by the will of God and the help of this program, your chains will be gone and you will be set free by the grace of God. Um, one of my one of the verses that kind of stands out for me is from uh, Hebrews 12, 12 to 13. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Um, uh, we have a new program. Um, our old program, we, we, it was uh, sponsoring a, a single student. Um, what we're going to now, it's called The Journey, and it's actually sponsoring the center. So instead of just praying for one student, you get to pray for 12 students. And you end up uh, getting a report of each, all the students. You'll be getting a report of all the students. So it's, it's kind of a, it's a new thing that uh, they decided to, uh, to go with. And it's an exciting program for us at Teen Challenge. And we are grateful for the individuals who regularly give putting victory over addiction within reach of all our clients at Teen Challenge. Our partners in the journey help eliminate the financial barriers for those who need our program and make recovery possible for the, all those who seek it. Um, if this program is of interest to you, this is your opportunity to sign up. You can come and see us at the back table after the service and we'll be able to assist you. And if you're viewing us today online, please consider going to www.thejourney.ca for more information. Um, the one thing I want to highlight about the Journey program is that partners can select a recurring amount that fits best the, if, and want to celebrate the gift you give. We want you to know that every $10, $20, or $40 a month, every recurring gift has a lasting impact on the lives of those we serve. Um, and we can, the probably the biggest thing that we can ask you to do is to pray for us. Our ministry exists because of prayer and sustained through prayer. Please pray for our staff, our clients, and our needs. As I wrap up, I think this is the perfect spot to share one last quote from one of our graduates. Teen Challenge is far more than a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. <clears throat> It's a place of true healing. We truly believe we exist to answer God's call to those who are vulnerable. We extend the healing hand of God to those who are struggling with addiction. We hope these stories of transformation and insight into our program has been helpful. And we sincerely thank you for creating awareness and supporting us through prayer, time, and finances. You truly make a difference. God bless. Um, I'm just going to end with a short prayer. Oh God, our earthly life in, is in Christ and has a high purpose to live for you. Grant us full confidence in Christ Jesus, who alone can save us. Amen. Thank you.
Thanks, guys, for sharing uh, your story and your journey with us. Um, as you have said, I think nearly every one of us here, somebody in our life could benefit from this. And so I just want to thank you for sharing. Um, let's, let's just pray. Let's pray a blessing over Teen Challenge. The table's at the, on the side here. Uh, please do stop by and, and visit with them, ask questions. Um, I think if I understand correctly, you can give right at the table. Is that correct? Even via like debit or MasterCard or something yeah. like that. So if, if God's put on your heart a uh, desire to help out, please, please do that. Let's pray as we close. God, thank you for these two gentlemen, for their stories, their, for your pursuit of them. God, we know that apart from you, we can do nothing. And so I just thank you so much for your unconditional love and grace in their lives. God, for each one of us, we know that we desperately need you each day. And so I pray that as we have listened and heard these stories, that that you would remind us of, of our need for you each day. God, we are so thankful for what you're doing. God, thank you for this new facility at Teen Challenge. What a blessing that must be to uh, the staff and, and the clients that attend. We are just so grateful for your provision in that way. But God, we, we know that with ongoing ministry, there are ongoing ministry costs. And so we pray uh, that people would be moved to, to give generously to this wonderful um, organization for all that they are doing and and the tangible difference that they are making god in our own hearts in our own lives we probably all know somebody who could benefit from this ministry would you give us the courage and the right words to say to come alongside those who have need of finding sobriety god we pray for each one that we know that is suffering right now that you would be at work in their hearts that you would be convicting them of, of a desire for change and, and the courage to step out and ask for help. God, as we close the service this morning, as we go off into uh, the things that you have laid before us today, would we not forget these things? Would we remember just how desperate we are in need of you every day? God, we love you. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives now. Go with us. Amen. Please do stop by the table and, and visit with the guys, and thank you so much again for coming. Uh, there are some snacks available. Oh, maybe. Yep, snacks available. So please get some coffee and, and, and have a little bite to eat. And, and uh, again, if you're visiting with us and you have any questions for us, please do come find us. Have a great week.